Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome to the first podcast of 2021. Woohoo! Well, we are about a week into the new year, so how's it going for you? Did you make those New Year's resolutions? But maybe a better question would be to ask, how are you doing keeping your resolutions? As I started thinking towards and planning for this new year, like many of you might have, I found myself asking God for direction. You see, I really like projects and I like doing new things and I put so much on my plate. But as my ministry and my life gets busier and busier, I found myself asking God if he's okay with my plans. Instead of letting him take the lead in my life, which is, I mean, that's truly where I want him, I find myself making the plans and then kind of seeking God's will in a, hey, God, we're going to do this. Is this cool with you, right? So I've been praying for God's direction for a while and praying that I truly let him lead. And as I've been marinating on this, prepping for the upcoming year, I heard something that really struck a chord with me. I had dropped the kids off at my mom's for a couple of hours so that I could go and take down the Christmas decorations at church last week. And I knew I was going to be going from room to room taking stuff down, so I updated my MP3 player trying to catch up on some old podcasts that I'd missed. And I was listening to an episode of Carl Bastian's Kidology podcast from August. And man, did this hit home with me. He posed the question, what is your mission for your life? Not your ministry or your church, but what are you uniquely called to do? So I'm going to ask you the same question. What are you uniquely called to do with your life? For me, that answer came really easily, like almost immediately. I know that I'm supposed to love my husband and my children well. In ministry, I know that I'm supposed to love on those kids with the love of Jesus. That is and always has been my ultimate goal, to show every kid that walks through the church doors the love of Jesus by knowing them and by loving on them. But there was one more thing that immediately came to mind as I was listening to this podcast. The thing that I feel and I have been feeling God calling me to do, to teach others, to teach kids and kidmen leaders to stand on the authority of the Word of God. Boys and girls are leaving the church at an alarming rate. The Barner Group, several years back, they did a study that showed two-thirds of kids are walking away from the church. And that was a pre-COVID statistic. Two-thirds of kids are walking away, not just from the church, but from the faith. And you might think that this is happening when kids make that transition from high school to college. You know, those crazy college years. But actually, mentally, kids are checking out of the faith before they enter middle school. Before they are in the 6th and 7th grade, kids are starting to doubt the Word of God. Culture is screaming at them that God's word isn't true, that there is no God, that every person should just live for their lives and decide what's true. The world is using the same techniques that Satan used in the garden, getting kids to doubt the word of God. 
did God really say? Did God really create the universe like the Bible says? Because science and textbooks and experts, real scientists, tell us that it was the Big Bang. Is there really only one way to heaven? Because there are a lot of different religions out there all claiming to be the truth. Well, why should we serve this supposed loving God? Because look at all of the bad things around in the world. Have you heard anything like that from your kids? I have. I have kids that are not standing on the authority of God's word. Kids that are doubting the word of God is truth. When they start to doubt God's word, it leaves room for doubt in their faith, which can and often will lead to them walking away from the faith. God has given me a burden to teach kids to stand on the authority of God's word. Not just teach them stories and facts, but to teach them that God's word is true and that his word is sufficient. Now, I do not subscribe to the school of thought where you don't ask questions and you just blindly follow. I want kids not just to believe that the Bible is true, but to know why they believe what they believe. And this, this is what I feel like God has called me to do. This is the thing I'm uniquely called to do, to teach kids and Kidman leaders to stand on the authority of the Word of God. And through my various ministries and passions, there are a couple of ways that I make the authority of God's Word a priority. Number one, get kids in the Bible during lesson time. One of my major pet peeves is the amount of lessons and curriculum that never get kids actually into the Bible. I want my kids using the Bible, not just hearing every story being summarized. Why? Because they need to hear the word of God from the actual Bible. They need to hear God's word. It helps them to see that the Bible is more than just stories. The Bible is true. And I want my kids in a physical Bible. I am a big fan of practicing those Bible literacy skills. So I have my kids look up a passage of scripture every lesson. Now, you can't assume that every child knows how to look up things in their Bible or that they have their own. So I have a classroom set. A lot of these I purchased from a used bookstore near me. But I also encourage kids to bring their own Bible. At our church, we give them a Bible when they're baptized. And by this point, most kids have their own Bible. And if one comes to me and says they don't, we buy them a Bible. But each time that I have the kids look up things... I've got the reference on the screen for those visual learners, but I also audibly go over how to find that passage. Not every kid knows. And you don't want a visitor or a kid who just isn't sure. You don't want them to feel left out or stupid or weird because everyone else knows and they don't. So I'll do a quick little quiz like, hey, is this in the Old Testament or New Testament? Which books are near it? And then I even go over how to find the reference. All right, what's the big number? Is that the chapter number or the verse? And it's also a really good idea to have older kids or your volunteers there to help the little ones because if you can't read yet, you can't find the passage. But make it a priority to get the kids into the Bible every lesson. Teach them how to use their Bibles, but get them in the lesson, in, in the Bible so that they can see it as truth. And as you're getting kids into the actual physical Bible, number two, teach them 
the Bible as God's one big story of his redemptive love for us. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It is 100% true, not just made up stories and fables teaching some really good moral messages. It's not a random assortment of stories and books. It's one story. The whole Bible tells the story of God's redeeming love for his creation. And when we take the time to connect the Bible together, to teach this one story, a couple of things happen. Kids understand the big deal with sin and their need for salvation. They're able to understand better who God is. They see God's story and their role in that story. And when you understand the whole story in order, everything makes a little more sense. It puts things into perspective and it gives a clear understanding. So imagine if you've never before seen or heard any of the Star Wars movies. You don't even know the plot. You don't know anything about it. And a friend invites you to come over and watch the very last movie, Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. So you go and you watch the movie. Okay, yeah, it's a good movie. But you're probably going to be a little confused. And the ending definitely would not have had the same impact if you didn't understand who Palpatine was. Without the knowledge of everything that came before in the first eight movies, the whole overarching good versus evil saga, the movie wouldn't have been as good, right? Well, this analogy works really good for the Bible. Absolutely, kids need to be taught about their need for salvation. That and that alone is what forgives sins, gives you eternal life, that faith in Jesus. You don't have to believe in a flood or a literal Adam or know when Moses fell in the Bible chronology. But when you teach the whole Bible like God gave it, you get a better understanding of how big a deal sin is and what God had planned for our forgiveness. Because right there in Genesis 3.15, God reveals his first plan to send Jesus for forgiveness. But if you just start with Jesus without teaching kids what sin is and how big of a deal it is, Jesus' death doesn't mean as much. And when you tie everything together, you connect the people and the places, it helps build that firm foundation in their lives because it's giving them an understanding of who God is and what his message is for us. I am a big fan of biblical chronology. No matter what lesson I'm teaching, from any and every curriculum, I take the time to tie it all together. If you're teaching on Joseph, take one minute and connect him to the biblical narrative, who he is in the story and why he is important. We don't want kids just to know disconnected stories from the Bible. In some curriculums out there, that's how they teach. One lesson, the kids are on Abraham and the next week they're learning about John the Baptist. And especially in these formative years, kids need to see the big connection points, how it all works together. Otherwise, they're going to miss out on that big picture of the Bible, of God's redemptive love for us. But it's also important to, number three, teach apologetics. Kids and adults, too, they need to know not just what they believe, but why. And apologetics is simply that. It's defending your faith. And it is oh so very important. Remember those two-thirds of kids that are leaving the church in the faith? 
Well, surveys have shown that one of the reasons kids have said that they leave the faith is that they don't have answers to their faith questions. When they had questions or struggles, instead of someone taking the time to talk to them, to give them an answer, to be shown why they're supposed to believe or act a certain way, they were told things like, we don't ask questions. You just need to have faith. Just trust in Jesus. And that leaves kids or adults feeling confused and frustrated. And then that leaves room for doubts to creep in. Well, does God's word really say apologetics is so vital? Kid men leaders hear me when I'm saying teach apologetics. Teach kids not just what the Bible says, but how to defend it. Now, I want to clarify something. If you aren't familiar with apologetics, apologetics is not proving that the Bible is true. We don't need to prove anything. We have the inspired word of God. But you can confirm what God's word says. So we can show kids things like, well, the Bible is truly the inspired word of God because 40 different men wrote the Bible over a span of a thousand years and it tells one story. We can bring in outside sources like fossils and science and archaeology, and we can use them to confirm God's word. It's not proving it. It's confirming what God already said. For instance, um, Jericho was a really real place, and it had a crazy battle, just like God told us. Um, Fun fact, the archaeology record, which has been being excavated in the last 100 years, actually shows that the walls came a-tumbling down just like God said, because the wall fell outward, which was not consistent with an attack. And those crazy fortified walls, they had to be attacked. But the archaeology record shows, no, the bricks are on the outside of the city, or not bricks, stones, whatever it was made out of. But it's confirming that the Battle of Jericho happened, just like God said. So how do you teach apologetics? Well, there are apologetic-based products and curriculums out there. I love any and everything from Answers in Genesis. They have tons of apologetic-based resources, everything from books to Sunday school curriculum to VBS resources. They just launched a homeschool curriculum, too. But maybe you don't have the time or the ability to do an apologetics-based curriculum, You can just add it into any lesson that you teach. Whatever curriculum you're using, whatever lesson you're on, start giving the kids the why, the how do we know this is true. And take the time to answer their questions. I am constantly amazed at the level of thinking that my kids have sometime. Our Sunday school lesson this Sunday was not on Revelation. And we were talking about Revelation. And one of my boys was trying to think through how the Jews could not believe that Jesus was the Messiah when they had all of these Old Testament prophecies that were coming true. I mean, too specific to have been coincidences. That's a pretty high level of thinking for a fifth grade boy. But the thing is, you don't have to have all of the answers. I didn't have the answer for this. He stumped me. And this little boy, he does every once in a while. Actually, he does kind of a lot. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to know everything because kids are going to ask some tough questions. And there is no way you can memorize every fact 
in the world. And that's okay. But you do need to take the time to find out and follow up with them. Because giving kids the answers to their questions, giving kids the defense of their faith is so very important. And lastly, show kids how to stand on the word of God in their lives. The goal for ministry shouldn't just be fact retention. We don't want kids that know a bunch of Bible trivia questions and have a ton of verses memorized. The goal, I think, for everyone is probably that we want to see our kids, our ministry kids, walking in an authentic, lifelong relationship with Christ. But to accomplish that, we need to show them how to stand on the Word of God in their lives, how to live it out, and how to apply it to every area of their thinking. In order for kids to stand on the authority of the Word of God, it has to become a priority in their lives. And unfortunately, that's not something that you can make happen. You can't make moms and dads put God first in the home. You can't make kids spend time reading their Bibles outside of church. But you can make the Bible a priority in your ministry. Make the authority of God's word a priority in your ministry. And then work on resourcing, encouraging, and equipping kids to do this at home. One of the resources I've provided for the families at my church to start the year off really focusing on the Word of God is Epic Devotions, 52 Weeks in the Story That Changed the World. This is a super fun devotion book for kids from B&H Publishing, and it's kind of like a graphic novel style, but it tells the one story of the Bible. It has a little devotion, but then it sends you to the scripture passages to read, and some of them are a little longer. So I like that you could break up one lesson into a full week. But it also includes the application questions, not just what happened, but really applying it to kids' lives. And there's also a memory verse each week. So I knew when I saw this resource last year that I wanted to give this to my families. 52 weeks, 52 weeks in a year, it's perfect. But it can help families focus on God's word. Because God has been laying on my heart to focus on teaching the authority of his word. The resources that I'm providing for families, it's reflecting that. The lessons that I'm creating are reflecting this as well. I just wrote a really fun standalone lesson all about how we got the Bible. Um, And it came about because of questions one day. The kids were asking, well, why do we have these 66 books in the Bible? So I did some research forgot how much I actually liked learning about church history. And this lesson, it dives in not just to what the biblical canon is, but the fact that the Bible is God-breathed. So if you're interested in grabbing that, you can get that one. It's How Did We Get the Bible? And it's on Kidman Outlet for only $5 right now. I wanted it super affordable because I feel it's super important right now. So in my ministry... God is saying, make this a priority. And he's been telling me to do that in my home life too, with my family. This year, I'm challenging myself to read through the whole Bible in a year and to be more intentional and consistent with breakfast devotion time for the kids. My son is not an early riser, so we're not always super consistent there. But I'm excited to see where God's going to lead me this year with this ever-growing burden for his word. 
I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the lives of the families at my church. Just today, I posted a reminder about the epic devotion book for families. Just kind of a, hey, it's the new year. Have you pulled this out yet? And one parent commented, she's like, yes, thank you. I just pulled this out. I forgot about it, but I want to start it. Kidman leaders, I invite you to join me this year, focusing on the word of God, on the authority of the Bible. Make it a priority in your ministry and in your life. Teach your kids the truth of God's word and the ever-changing power that it has, the life-changing power. There is no other book like it. Stand on the authority of God's word. And remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters.